This is Making Stitches and today we'll hear from two creative businesswomen who despite having their own sewing business like so many of us find it hard to carve out the time to sew for pleasure. I sat down to do some cutting out last night. It was nine o'clock and I put the girls down, had a bit of food and stuff. I was like, right, I'm gonna just cut the project out. And then I could not find for the life of me my pattern. And I had, so instead of cutting out and doing any remotely creative thing, I just sorted all my dressmaking patterns out. So now they are all labeled and tidy and in the box under my bed. Um, but no, no sewing happened. <laughs> I would say I'm exactly the same boat. I spend so much time organizing and reorganizing and not actually doing any sewing. So my big challenge to myself is, right, sew something because <laughs> I know when I get started again I will actually you know it'll, it'll spur me on to do the next thing Hello and welcome to Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay and I'm really pleased you've been able to join me today. If this is your first experience of the podcast, welcome. It's great to have you. And if you're a regular listener, thanks so much for coming back and supporting me on my creative podcasting adventure. If you listened to the last episode, you'll remember I spoke to Sarah Mulvey from Black Sheep Wools, a fabulous independent family-run yarn shop in Warrington in the northwest of England. Well, this time I'm sticking with the craft business theme. Today, it's the turn of two women who achieved their dreams of running their own sewing business, selling fabric and running workshops from their crafty sew-and-sew studio in Leicester in the East Midlands. Freya Gilbert and Sarah Wadey met at a workshop themselves and quickly decided to work together and start their own crafty business venture. Here they are now. Thank you very much, Freya and Sarah, for agreeing to be on Making Stitches podcast. It's lovely to have a chat with you. Thank you so much for having us. Always lovely to chat about making things and and everything we do. Well, first of all, do you want to just tell me a little bit about yourselves and, and, and your own creative stories and how you've ended up doing what you're doing now? Well, we um, opened the doors to Crafty Stone, so we used to have a bricks and mortar shop um, in 2015. Um, and Sarah and I had met about a year or so previously because Sarah's running workshops and I went to one to learn to how to draft my own skirt pattern. Um, and we started chatting about this mutual dream that we had to open up a fabric shop. So we kind of started plotting and and working towards that. Um, and yeah, it made it a reality later, about a year later. Um, and then we were there for the five years. Um, and then obviously with um, COVID kicked it, kicked the door down. Um, <laughs> Almost literally. And um, so we took everything um online only and we've not really looked back we've taken everything online only including our workshops and all our um community stuff and all our products as well so it's been and what's really nice now is actually coming back to it now that we've got all the digital side of things set up and um we're loving the um fact that we can get products seen by our customers as soon as we can you know really quickly as soon as they come through the door literally it was like quick photo get it out there um, and they can be buying it that day. Um, but also now we're able to invite people back into the shop, well, studio, studio. and um, 
and have workshops as well it's lovely to see like both of those things interacting together and yeah it's just like the best of both worlds really Oh, that's fabulous, because, I mean, technology is wonderful and it's mm. it's given us such an opportunity to kind of spread our wings from within our own homes, especially during the pandemic. But the, you yeah. can't beat actually speaking to a real human being in person, in the flesh. So it must be nice absolutely. that you've been able to do both both things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the great thing about us being two, two of us, and we also have a really good team as well, um, we are available for people so all the way through even when we have just been online only um we've always invited people to email us questions and kind of talk to us about their projects we've done live online workshops which are all live so it's not like a pre-recorded thing um people can ask all the questions that they want to in the workshops and it was also a great way for us to kind of connect with um people as well Because, you know, the the pandemic has been a little bit of a a weird and lonely time. And having that connection has obviously benefited our customers, but also really benefited us. (laughs) It's been really lovely to be able to keep those connections with customers through the live online. Like, they've made all the difference. Because we've had, you know, we've made some really good friends through workshops Mm. who've come to a lot of our events. Um, And so, yeah, we felt like we could still maintain those relationships and keep in touch with people um through those things so that's been brilliant and have have you found that you've you've kind of through the pandemic and lockdown and everything that your your client base has expanded as people have become more interested in in doing something with their hands what's really interesting is um yes it has um it's i feel become more sewing based so we used to do quite a lot of um mixed crafts um, sessions where we'd invite tutors in. Um, But during the pandemic, we had to kind of pare that down to just really focus on sewing. And that's been great for us. You know, it's helped us develop some really good patterns and kits and workshops. Um, But we are really looking forward to inviting more tutors back in now that we're opening up our studio to um, do things like brush lettering, macrame. I've got a real fascination at the moment with... um, terrazzo which is like a type of resin um and just like really exciting um different crafts that we We like making and we like making absolutely anything like sarah and i there was um, we were we both um found ourselves at a pottery painting class (laughs) the other week like we'd gone individually and there we both were we're just like so hi again (laughs) and this was after spending the day together i think yeah it was was, um, and we're just like you know if there's there's something creative and crafty going on you can bet your bottom dollar one of us will be absolutely and what's been really interesting about the live online workshops um sewing ones is that um obviously we've been able to attract people from outside of Leicester who have expanded out to the whole of the UK and we've even had a couple of people from um, abroad so I had somebody from France join us uh, for a workshop a couple of months ago and that was a real like novelty it was great it's like yes we've gone international (laughs) (laughs) how fabulous the wonders of the internet eh Oh, amazing yeah. yeah absolutely and I think I, I certainly I'm very much the same as you that you know if I see something creative I just can't help but having a go myself so I think there's a lot of crafty people out there who who aren't you know they don't just stick to the one thing <laughs> they've got mm-hmm. to have a dabble at anything that kind of uh, sparks their interest 
Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Sewing will always be my first love, and I've tried lots and lots of other things and bought a lot of equipment for other things. <laughs> so I have to say to myself now, I'll go to workshops to do these other crafts and use the equipment and materials that they've got there um, to see whether I really love them. And if I then, after that workshop, love them, then I'll invest in all the equipment and things. And that's why it's great being able to bring people back here now, because we're just about to get some new Janome machines for the studio. And we've obviously got all the fabrics, materials, um, tools and things like that for people to try here before they buy, you know, rather than investing you know, hundreds of pounds, which could be quite off-putting, stop you get yeah. starting a, a new hobby. It's good to go to a workshop and try something new. Yeah, that's quite an accessible way of, of just seeing whether it's something that you think you're going to stick with or not. Absolutely, <laughs> definitely. Yes, especially although I think a lot of people with their new machines this last year have bought bought themselves a machine. It gives it's um, nice to have the workshops as well, so that they can um, get to grips with them. Because I can only imagine getting a machine and going. So now what do I do? <laughs> it's been that's a long time right, since yeah. I've got my first machine, but I can still remember the like. I'm not yeah. sure what the first steps are and how That's do nice i thread now. it and yes. how do i change my broken needle mm. <laughs> and just leave all it for six months in very... a cupboard because you can't face it <laughs> yeah. all the very real problems that come up <laughs> what's nice now is that we can say to people that because it's an enclosed studio we can say to people bring your own machine if you want so they can either use ours or they can use theirs or they can use a mix of both and see what they like they might have like a really basic um sewing machine that they're getting on okay with but then then they might try one of our studio ones and go hmm maybe it's time for an upgrade (laughs) (laughs) so it's a really it's one of those things you don't get many chances to try things these days with the world of internet shopping yeah and I'm definitely excited about bringing that back to people (laughs) that's super so so what are your backstories then prior to meeting how you know what were your creative journeys so um, I studied fashion design. I've always been interested in in sewing and making clothes. My mum got me into it, really. And I did a few crafty things um, when I was very little. I used to design little books of um, clothing for my mum to recreate because she had all the time in the world being, you know, a working mum and <laughs> two kids. Hmm. So um, it kind of got to, I was about 14, 15. My mum said to me, look, you know, these are great, but... I don't have the time. You're going to have to learn yourself. And so, um, yeah, we went fabric shopping to the market and got some fabric. And that's kind of where that all started. And then I went to university um, and studied fashion design in London, uh, University of Westminster. And after that, I worked as a trend developer, which was really interesting. I learned all about like colour trend theory and all interesting, yeah, really, really cool things like that. And I still use a lot of that information today, like when we're doing fabric buying meetings and putting together collections and that kind of thing. Um, And then I worked as a designer for a variety of different places. So Debenhams um, down in London and um, George and Next. And then it just got to a point one day where I was like, I really miss hands-on crafting because design is very computer-based when it comes to commercial design. Um, It has to be because, you know, the the, uh, designs are drawn up and then sent over to China or to Bangladesh where the samples are made and sent back. And then kind of that whole process really is quite quite flat. Um, 
it has its moments of excitement, but also it can be a bit like, where's the fabric? <laughs> so, um, yeah, following on from that, like when I moved back to Leicester, I set up a community group to get people together to do crafts and sew together. And we met in a little local pub and it was called, um, was it called Crafty Wednesdays or something like that. I can't quite remember. <laughs> Uh, Leicester's Crafty Ladies, that's it, yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I got myself a little studio and started teaching workshops because um, I realised that if I wanted to improve, increase my um, knowledge about different projects that people could, could work on, then um, I needed to have, like, a, a base to be working from. So I set that up. And um, then when I met Freya, I was kind of at the point where I was like, got this tiny little studio and I need some space. And um, people were asking about buying um, haberdashery and fabric and all those kind of things. So it was just such a um, logical decision and and a brilliant one as well. (laughs) A fun one. (laughs) What about you, Freya? Um, And for me, I also learned to sew from my mum, who's still very, very involved with our business. Um, And um, so, yeah, I made like a few garments when I was a teenager, um, but then got a sewing machine of my own when I was uh, 20 for my Christmas present. And then that like summer after graduation, um, I had like no job lined up. So I just sewed for like three months um, (laughs) and taught myself the basics um and um kind of just fell in love with it from there so um i'd been like so i got involved with like the blogging community that was in like 2010 um and um went to a couple of like the early days meetups like so brum um and sarah's um one that she organized that was more local to me um and that's where we met and at that point i was like i can i've been working in retail for for since I'd like, you know, it was my first job and I'd been working through different high street stores. Um, and, um, so yeah, so when we had, when we had this chat about this, like dream of opening a fabric shop, um, I was like, well, I can, I can run the shop Mm. and you can teach the workshops and we can like come together and um, make this dream a reality. So that was brilliant. Yeah. How wonderful (laughs) that you both had the skills that could create this dream for you both. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's a great partnership to to start. <laughs> so how has 2021 been for you as, as a business and with, with everything that you've been doing? It has had its ups and downs for sure. Um, so we've moved to a, the, our lovely new studio. So we were in um, kind of a, a smaller space for a while when um, between having the bricks and mortar shop um, and coming here. Um, and so that was the beginning of the year. Um, I have got a one-year-old, so she was born in, during the pandemic. Um, so that's added a layer of crazy. Um, and we've like been enjoying opening up to workshop to workshops and to open days again. So we've been really happy to enjoy com- the company of our customers and bring them back into into the space. So that's those, those have been some really good. Um, high points throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been without its challenges. One of the things that we have had to deal with is um, price increases. Mm. So we've tried our best not to pass those on to customers, really, um, because you know people 
come to us because they know we're going to give them good quality fabric at um, good as good a value as, as we can. Okay. Um, so that's that's been a challenge. We have had to drop a few of our suppliers because of that, um, which is a real shame because they were great suppliers and we love the fabric from them. But we just have to make the decision, can we afford to work with them anymore? Um, and with one particular big one, the answer was no, which was a real shame. But we might come back to them again, you know, when things when things settle again. Um, the other difficulty that we've had is packaging. Mm. So we've obviously, well, necessarily obviously, but there is we're, we're putting a really big focus on um, sustainability, both in the fabrics that we buy and the way that we um, run the whole of our business, including packaging. It's not just about packaging, but packaging is quite a big thing. And um, we've been trying to get hold of um, eco packaging, but it's so hard to get hold of. There's a huge cardboard shortage, there's delays, you know, we were looking at our usual supplier couldn't supply us until mid December, I think it was. So that's been tricky. And it's problems like that, that do take quite a long time to solve. They take a bit of time out of the time when you want to be shouting about the lovely fabrics that you've got and, you know, running the workshops and things like that. So yeah it's that's that's been a tricky thing but we've got around it in our in a we good found way some solutions and, yeah. yeah and we always do and we always whenever there's a bit a problem like that we always kind of sit down together we um consult other businesses mm. as well um the great thing about the sewing community and the crafts community as a whole is that we do have lots of friends in the yeah. community so it's if we do friendly. have a problem it's like so and so, can you help us? And they'll usually, you know, there'll be somebody out there that will have a have good solution. Um, and something that's been really nice that's come out of this year through doing that is some collaborations. So we've done quite a lot more collaborations. We've um, uh, had our patterns in the So Haley Jane box yeah. twice now, in fact. Four um, times total. Well, four times total, yeah. yeah. Over yeah. the last three years. So um, that's been brilliant to know that kind of we want to kind of keep that keep that going and um, and keep part of, part of that. Working with other small businesses mm. is by far one of my favourite things about our job. Yeah. Like we get to uh, to collaborate on um, on not all the time, but on when we do, it's really good fun to collaborate with yeah. others and put things together. That's um, that's really special. That's got a bit of every bit of both businesses in and Mm. it's unique and wonderful and the really nice thing about working with small businesses is that they kind of understand the pressures other small businesses are under Mm -hmm. so sometimes when you work with big businesses it can be a bit scary because you know they've got these huge infrastructures they've got lots of people who can help and you know things go wrong your end you kind of think oh i've really let them down it makes you feel extra small yeah it does yeah (laughs) but working with the other small businesses as long as you keep like the communication up which is a nice thing to do anyway it's it's allowing us to explore new products new services that we can offer without it being terrifying like we're working with um a tutor who teaches in uh, wellingborough i think it is and um she is buying our teaching packs so she buys packs of materials to sell to well, not to sell, sorry, to send to her um, customers as part of their workshop package. And then she does a Zoom or an in-person class where um, she'll use those materials. And she knows from us that, like, she's got the instructions, she's got everything that she needs. She doesn't have to worry about that side of things. She can just worry about selling the tickets, getting the people in, 
and making sure that they have a great workshop experience. And that, that's a great way of working with her. I'd love to do that with them all before. Oh, that's <laughs> great. It's so nice that I've, I've seen it a lot when I've been speaking to, to small businesses is, is the support and the community is so important. And the fact that you can work together and help each other, it's mutually beneficial, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, amongst all this busyness with your business, do you have time to sew for pleasure? <laughs> I, uh, I sat down to do some cutting out last night, but so this is just a little anecdotal story, but sometimes, but it was like, it was nine o'clock and I had a bit of, um, put the girls down, had a bit of food and stuff. I was like, right, I'm going to just cut the project out. Mm. And then I could not find for the life of me, my pattern. And I had, so instead of cutting out and doing any remotely creative thing I just sorted all my dressmaking patterns out so now they are all labeled and tidy and in the box under my bed um but no no sewing happened I would say I'm exactly the same boat I spend so much time organizing and reorganizing watching programs on how to organize and not actually doing any sewing so my big challenge to myself is right sew something (laughs) because I know when I get started again I will actually, you know, it'll, it'll spur me on to do the next thing and I'll make little chunks of time. Yes. Breaking but, it down is a good, into smaller um, goals is, is yeah. my intention. <laughs> I mean, the last thing that I sewed, um, I'm doing quite a lot of practical projects at the moment. I did sew a jumper for my husband and that is like the last garment that I made and I'm really proud of it because I've been meaning to make him something for about seven years now. Um, <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> Um, I think the last thing I made him was a shirt, and he does wear that, but that over was, and over. That was years ago. But this jumper was, <laughs> yeah, was fantastic, and um, yeah, I've, I feel like I've done that now. I can put a tick in that box, and I don't need to make him another seven again years. For another few years at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, the last thing I made um, a couple of nights ago was some reusable kitchen towels. Mm. So I'd seen them in a shop, and I thought, mm, yeah, I could buy those or I could make them and I think that's something that we were discussing the other day isn't it it's like sometimes you have to make the decision to support other businesses other small business sewing businesses and buy things from them rather than taking time to make things Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I made the reusable um, kitchen towels because I had the materials already but going out and buying those materials and then doing all the cutting and all the sewing and things like that it might be better for me to spend my time doing something, sewing something else and support the small business and buy mm-hmm. from them. So it's kind of weighing up like... I, my approach is that like, I could make that, mm. but will I get round to it? Yeah. Um, and so if I'm not going to get round to it and I think like um, that's going to be at the bottom of the to-do list, then I try and um, buy from the person who's already made them and is running a little business from it. So. Yeah. But I am really excited about this weekend. We've got a sewing day that we're going to um, kind of outside of work, but it's kind of everything sewing is yeah. to do work. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to be making a jacket and I need a jacket. And I've looked at jackets in the shop and I can't find what 
what I want. So that is something that I should take time to make. I should spend my time, make it properly. Enjoy the I'll process. I'll be wearing it for, for years. Yeah. So that's that's what's exciting for me. My friend Libby is always like, Bray, can you help me with the sewing project? But I'm really sorry because I know you're not at work right now. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. Like, if it's to do with sewing, I've always got time for that. That is absolutely not an issue. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Can I just ask you, what, what are your plans for, for next year, for 2022? Well, we've I got quite a few things we'd really like to do. So they're all um, potential plans, but nothing set in stone yet. Mm. Um, so this year we ran um, a weekend away called, that we called Crafty Sewing Camp. Um, and it was um, a group of um, adult sewists who went away for the weekend and used and um in a beautiful in the grounds of a beautiful manor house and we used their um their uh, kind of teaching rooms classrooms um and their bunk and their bunks to stay um and we just spent the whole weekend sewing and chatting and had a bonfire and f lovely food and a party um and so we'd like to do that again pizza pajama party pizza pajama party <laughs> for me that was definitely a highlight <laughs> um that yeah definitely pinnacle of the weekend mm. <laughs> um, so we'd like to do that again um but it was like organizing it during a pandemic so it was meant to be 2020 and then it got pushed back a year um and so that was probably the most stressful thing that's happened to me in the last 12 months yeah. including having another baby and moving the studio <laughs> um and various other things it's just so. one of those things you kind of get right to the end and you're like oh got to think about that yeah. oh got to think about and that. it was such so. a, and it was a, such a good idea in 2019 mm. before we knew how stressful it would all yeah. be so um but so in a non-pandemic year yes then it could we're be brilliant. really looking forward to doing something like that again <laughs> because it will be hundred times it, more straightforward yeah. and nothing went wrong it yeah. was all really great we got some great feedback everybody had a brilliant time and they are almost literally knocking down our door for the they next are, one they, <laughs> they are keen to come back again we get like month at least monthly if yeah. not like every couple of weeks we get a message saying any news and we're like <laughs> we're like Ooh. still coming down from the last one um yeah but yeah genuinely though we would like to do that again that was really fun <laughs> and the other thing that we um, have done in the past is a dressmaker's ball um we ran that a couple of years ago and it was fantastic uh we'd love to do that again so we're kind of like deciding do we do either or or both um we'll see and um i run a um a kind of part of the business um called my handmade wardrobe patterns which is our pattern uh, dressmaking patterns um, side of the business so we're looking to really ramp up the um pattern releases for that i've uh, got some again a really good team starting to build up of pattern testers and a coordinator for that um so that's that's really exciting uh, we're going to carry on doing lots more projects for love sewing magazine we do a monthly project for them at the moment um, and releasing more of our workshops as kits and patterns um, for the crafty so-and-so side of things and the other thing that we're looking at doing um, is doing more of the in-person workshops as weekenders. So we've got a jeans making weekender coming up in January. And that's something that we'll be planning to do uh, every couple of months in the studios. Um, and people can come and stay um, if they're far away. You know, we can recommend them places to, um, to stay and to eat and things to do in Leicester because it's a really fantastic 
city. There's, it's got a lot to give. And yeah, people need to come and visit. <laughs> so what we're not planning on doing next year is sleeping, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, what is sleep anyway? <laughs> Spending some time with our families and kids, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, we've got a lot of lot of plans that are very exciting, but also getting the people in to, to help us with those those things because people have been amazing this year. Like Kim, who is Freya's mum, is very involved in the business and really um, like drives us. Um, we're preparing at the moment for releasing a recorded course, which we can't really say much about at the moment, but it's very exciting. And she's been amazing helping us. Like she's kind of coordinating that, that and, and giving. Yeah, so we don't have. So she just gives us the to do list, so we know what to do. <laughs> but she's organising the whole yeah, thing, and which that's is what, what we need. need. Definitely project managing. Yeah. <laughs> So if you could just come in and do that for everything, that would really? be great. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she'll I'll talk to her about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It sounds like you're absolutely fizzing with ideas. Yeah. More ideas than time, then sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, well, it's been an absolute joy that you've been able to find a little bit of time to speak to me for the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, absolute pleasure. <laughs> Aunt Sarah and Freya are a great team. They work well together and their enthusiasm for what they do is clear. I'm really grateful they were able to find the time to speak to me for making stitches. If you'd like to find out more about Crafty So-and-So, you can find links to them in the show notes for this episode. And that's where you can also find the link to the Making Stitches shop. My little shop is stocked with some Making Stitches podcast merchandise and some of my own crochet patterns. The money raised through it will be ploughed back into the podcast so I can carry on producing episodes for you to enjoy. And looking to the future, would you like to be involved in a forthcoming episode of Making Stitches? I'm looking for listeners who'd like to share their own stitch story in a special Christmas episode. So if you fancy taking part, just contact me through social media or by email to makingstitchespodcast at gmail.com. That's all for this instalment of Making Stitches. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to Making Stitches on your favourite podcast app. And while you're there, if you'd like to leave a review, that'd be wonderful, as it'll help other people find the podcast in future. Failing that, if you know someone who you think would enjoy listening, please share the podcast with them. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back again in two weeks' time with another inspiring maker story for you. Until then, keep safe and enjoy your crafting.